Hi and welcome. This is Nibbles in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. Can we make money in space? Well, each year, space contributes over 400 billion US dollars to the global economy, with only around 20% of that coming from the budgets of national governments. And all this money, worldwide, employs over 1 million people. Now, these million people, they're, they're not all building spacecraft. In fact, the value of spacecraft launched each year is less than one-eighth of that total value. So, where's the majority of the money? Well, products and services enabled by the spacecraft are worth more than half of that total and growing fast. But what are these services and products? Well, the most valuable service from space is communications, with direct-to-home television dominating this. That is, using geostationary satellites to provide television services. But also, around half the world's population don't have reliable access to the internet, and space offers the potential to provide this, where it would otherwise be prohibitively expensive. Similarly, space enables reliable and high-quality communications far from terrestrial infrastructure. That's how you get Wi-Fi on a plane. Geostationary satellites are attractive because a single satellite can provide services to a whole continent, but due to the speed of light and the distance to geostationary orbit, it typically takes a minimum of about a quarter of a second for the signal to go from ground to geostationary orbit and back to ground, which is fine for television, but not great if you're trying to play an online game or trying to have a video call. And since the speed of light is fixed, the only way to reduce this lag is to move the spacecraft closer. Low Earth orbiting satellites can have a communication latency of less than 10 milliseconds. But a global service requires tens, if not thousands, of spacecraft. However, there are several well-established constellations doing this with tens of spacecraft. And today, we're seeing a race to deploy so-called mega-constellations in low Earth orbit. These constellations are planning for thousands, even tens of thousands of spacecraft. These constellations will focus on data communications, things like home and mobile broadband, and the so-called Internet of Things. This is where a sensor reports on the health of whatever they're monitoring, say, a jet engine on a plane, or the cold chain equipment required to transport some medicine, such as the polio vaccine, and to ensure these vaccines remain effective. Global navigation satellite systems have been deployed by several militaries, but Non-military users benefit from the free availability of the signals. In the UK, for example, it's estimated that over 13% of the non-financial business economy gross domestic product is supported by it. And of course, with our smartphones and watches, we almost all have access to at least two different GNSS signals, even if we don't know it. In Earth observation, many of the capabilities once reserved for the military users are now available commercially. And as with communications, the military procure Earth observation data from private companies. In the US, these companies can sell images to anyone down to a spatial resolution of 25 centimeters. So that is, each pixel is 25 centimeters on the ground, or about the size of a basketball. But you might ask, does everyone really have equal access to this data? Well, no. 
The US government can exercise so-called shutter control and stop a company taking images of a certain area. And although they haven't ever done this, they have done what is termed checkbook shutter control, where they just buy the exclusive rights to all of the available images of a certain area. Imagery of Earth is used in a myriad of commercial applications. Early adopters included farming and forestry, but the list of users is virtually endless. And today we've even got video available from space. Other forms of remote sensing are or have already entered the commercial market from radar images to meteorological data and electronic surveillance. And these new commercial data sets are driving business analytics, supply chain insights and the financial markets. And it's not just with the robotic spacecraft that we're seeing commercial opportunities. The US government procures access to the International Space Station as a commercial service from private companies. And space tourism is an emerging market. We're even seeing private companies setting up equipment on the International Space Station, which is now also open for private astronaut flights, which looks set to include a Tom Cruise movie being shot on board. And finally, what of the future? Well, potentially, we'll start to see things like asteroid mining and in-space manufacturing. But the cost of asteroid mining likely can't overcome the value of whatever you mine if that value can only be released on Earth. So commercially, it would be much more attractive to sell whatever you've mined in space, no matter your product. And so starting to expand our economy beyond Earth. This was A Nibble in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. For a little more of a nibble on this with some visuals, why not visit spaceprof.xyz or subscribe to the podcast for future nibbles. In the next nibble, we'll munch and muse, is space an empty vacuum?